Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. I, uh, I want to talk about the peace of God. And walking in the peace of God is one of the, the greatest benefits of our inheritance in Christ. It's, it's our calling to walk in the peace of God and to have the peace of God. So tonight I'm going to talk about the peace of God, but I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach to this. I'm not just going to, I'm going to give you a promise first, but we're not going to look at it in isolation. We're going to look at this in, in what I call a holistic concept. We're going to look at this on the whole because I think sometimes we've isolated different promises without looking at the big picture. Now, I got this when I was reading in Philippians, and uh, we're doing some of our devotionals now in Philippians. It's a wonderful, wonderful book. But if you, if you stay with me, I believe this will help you because tonight I'm going to talk about in the peace process, call this the peace process, standing fast in the Lord and what it means to stand fast in the Lord. So let's look at a promise that some of you probably are very familiar with. It's a promise I learned early on, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a wonderful promise. That's a Here's, here's something I, I can tell you with, with all assurance. God does not want you anxious and nervous. He doesn't want you anxious. That scripture says be anxious for nothing. So God doesn't want you. Here's, his will for you is not that you would live anxious and nervous. His will is that you would go actually go to him in prayer and ask him and thank him for his help. And then his peace, there's a peace there that has the ability to transcend even your mind and your emotions. Some of you probably have experienced that at some time. Have you ever, have you ever looked at someone and said, I don't know why I'm so peaceful, but I just have peace. Where I see that a lot is when people lose loved ones. And you see a, a peace. It's almost like a, just a supernatural peace comes into their life. And they're able to maintain so many things. But that doesn't just need to happen when we lose loved ones. We need the peace of God all the time. And we live in a, in a, in a world that needs peace. But I, I want to make sure that we don't just take this verse and make it a formula. This is sometimes where the challenge comes in. Sometimes, and, and I've done it as, as, a, as a pastor, as a teacher, I've done this. I've taught something, and it's almost like we isolate it. We pulled it out and go, now here's, here's what we need to do. And so people are like, okay, that's a formula. But it's much more than a formula. And as I've been reading through the book of Philippians, you begin to see, you begin to see some different things. It's, 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 it's a connection. And, and we, want to, we want to talk about that connection with the Lord and that relationship with the Lord because all these promises, they're connected to our relationship with Him. So we just don't want to pull a promise out I mean, in other words, we're just kind of going about our life and all of a sudden we hit a hard time and we're like, okay, what was that I need to do? I need to be, not be anxious. I need to, but we need to say, what's the life we're to live? And this just kind of becomes part of that process. 
So as Paul is writing, he's writing to the church at Philippi. The Philippian church, they consider one of his, maybe one of his most positive messages. And he doesn't do a whole lot of correction there. His, his main correction with the Philippian church is that they work together in unity. They were kind of pulling in different directions. And he's like, I need you guys to be of the same mind. So he works with them in that area. But what begins to happen is Paul is talking to them, and he said, this is the group that helped him. This is the group that gave to him. He loves this group. This is a good group. And so as you, you see Paul writing, he starts something that I call the peace process. I've always looked at these verses. The fourth chapter of the, of the, the book of Philippians is a great chapter. It's got some really good stuff in it. I think it's, I think it's Friday. It's, it's this Friday, if you're reading with us, our devotional, you'll read it. But I, I want to I start the peace process starting where Paul starts. And he starts with Philippians. You, you do realize the, the book of the Philippians was not written in chapter and verse. It was a letter. It was a, it was a, a flowing letter. No one's ever written me a letter in chapter and verse. It's kind of, it's, 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 a, it's a flow to it. So let's start where, where Paul starts in, in Philippians 4.1. He says, Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. Stand fast in the Lord. I want to talk about that tonight. What's it mean to stand fast in the Lord? Some of you maybe have been walking with the Lord for a long time. And you're thinking, well, you know, Alan, this doesn't apply to me. But what if you had to reach somebody and talk to somebody and help somebody to stand fast in the Lord? So as you're listening, listen to what applies to you, but then listen also how you can help other people. You know, that's the, that's the objective is that we're able to help one, one another. Standing fast in the Lord, standing firm in the Lord. Paul is writing to the church. Now, here's the thing. If it was an automatic process, he wouldn't have to write that. To stand fast means to stay in the Lord. It was a big part of the early church. You have to understand when, when the book of Acts was written, for example, and we say almost all the New Testament, it's not like there was a church on every corner. They would go into areas where people had been worshiping idols, where people had many gods, and they would go and proclaim the gospel and people would, would come and get saved, but often they would get saved under, under some real pressure. People weren't real excited that they had left their pagan gods and that they were getting saved. And so often when there was a problem, like something horrible happened in the community, they would blame the Christians because the Christians stopped serving the gods of that area. And so you have to understand that Christianity was not like, not like it is in Texas. In Texas, you say, you know, I'm a Christian. You don't catch a lot of flack. Everyone says, but we'll praise God. We just want to know where you go to church. And um, this is the Bible Belt. That term is, I think, is changing. But it still is, there's still a lot of people, if you say in Texas, I'm going to church, people don't look at you like, why? Maybe you get that. Now, there are certain parts of the country where you would get that. There are certain parts of the country, I, I think, I'm thinking of an area right now, uh, West Coast, San Francisco, I think, I think the population of San Francisco that goes to church is like 3%, 3 or 4%. It's small in that area. So you might, so if you're in Texas, thank God for Texas. But, 
for the Philippians, it was worse than San Francisco. And so they were a small group and they were, and they were often under persecution. So Paul writes them, he says, I need you to stand fast in the Lord. Now he's not talking about them losing their salvation. What he is talking about them is continuing with their relationship with the Lord. Barnabas knew that. In, in Acts, the 11th chapter, we see Barnabas. Barnabas had come to Antioch, and that was one of the first times where, where the Jews who had gone in, they dispersed, and they had gone in, and in Antioch, they were preaching to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, people without any kind of Jewish background, were getting saved. And look what Barnabas said. When he, Barnabas came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Barnabas shows up in Antioch, and he sees all these Gentiles coming to Christ. And he, he was a good man. And Barnabas didn't get caught up in who is Jewish or what their Jewish race. He was just glad. He said, man, these people are getting saved. But here was the, here was the thing. He, he encouraged them that with purpose of heart, they would continue with the Lord. So Now, you understand that. You understand that you can come to the Lord, but then it's up to us whether or not we continue to walk with Him. And he said, with purpose of heart that you would continue. That's a decision. That's something that we have to make. He said, with purpose of heart, they would continue with the Lord. That is all about connection, and that's all about relationship. Now, Paul experienced some of the same thing when he wrote the Thessalonian church. This was the first letter of Paul, and he said this, Thessalonians, Therefore, brethren, in all our affliction and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. For now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. If you're ever responsible for leading someone to the Lord or maybe having a friend and you invite them to church and, and they get saved, have you ever noticed how protective you become of them? You, you, you want to keep other people from discouraging them because you want them to continue in the Lord. If you've ever led someone to the Lord, if you've ever had someone come in and, and have a relationship with Christ, I can tell you as a pastor, I understand that what Paul said, now I live if you stand fast in the Lord. We had a lady a number of years ago that came on an Easter Sunday and she came and, and uh, man, she came just out of a straight-up heathen background. And uh, anybody come from a straight-up heathen, heathen background? Good, good. Sometimes y'all are the easiest ones to preach to. And uh, because you just don't have a whole lot of tradition. If you come straight-up heathen, you, you got no tradition. You're like, whatever, bring it. But uh, she, she came in, got saved, and just really had, had a life with the Lord and was, and was doing so well. And she got upset with me, got crosswise with me on something and was very disappointed with me. And she wrote me a letter and she told me how disappointed she was. And she told me that she was gone. And she told me she was going to another church. Now, I can just tell you that. I, do I enjoy getting letters like that? No, I don't. But I'm human. But here's what I did write her back. I said, I'm glad you're in another church. I said, because I live if you stand fast in the Lord. Do you understand this, a pastor? I, 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 oh, I hate it when people come, come up to me and they go, hey, I used to go to your church. That's a blessing. Usually that's you. 
That's where you want to go. Well, praise God. Oftentimes, I'll ask them, Greg, did you find another church? Many times they'll look at me and go, well, you, no, no, you know, we're, we're, we're going to come back or we watch you online. But I want to tell you something. That, that eats at me because I live if you stand fast in the Lord. If you leave here, I would not, listen, our church doesn't work for everybody. I know that. But some church does. And I don't want to see you get out. Paul was writing. How many of you know if you have friends and loved ones who've gotten saved, you want to see them go on. You want to see them stay with God. You want to see them stand fast in the Lord. You don't want to see them drop out. It, it, listen, as a church, we ought to have a concern for that. People come in, they make decisions for Christ. If you know them, we ought to keep up with them. Hey, where have you been? Well, you, you know, I got busy. Everyone's busy. Where have you been? And you need, you need some people in your life who will go, hey, come around. You say, well, Alan, you seem, you seem pretty passionate about that. I can tell you I'm passionate about this because I can tell you I'm someone who didn't stand fast in the Lord and someone who did. At 19 years old, excuse me, almost 19 years old, I was in Illinois walking across a field, June 6, 1978, and I bowed my head and asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Tired of running from him. It's an amazing summer. I was selling books door to door. I'm hitchhiking at night in the morning, miles, all directions. It's amazing. It, it was a, a God summer. I'd have, it's almost like the Lord and the enemy were sending people by. The Lord would send a nice family to just pull around and pick me up and take me wherever I need to go. And then sometimes it's like the enemy sent every partier in the county to pick me up and take me somewhere. I got filled with the Spirit there. It was just, had an amazing time with God. When I got back to college, I got back late and uh, I'm, living with, I'm living with a couple of guys. I'm actually, I'm in a fraternity I'm, and we had a whole apartment complex filled with my fraternity brothers. None of them were majoring in academics. <laughs> I got back and, and they began to I think I woke them up. It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. And they determined that at 2 o'clock in the morning would be a great time. They're celebrating me coming back. I was back a week late. And so they brought the bong out, and we all had bong hits. <laughs> Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> I was 19 years old. But, but here's, the, here's the thing. I said, Alan, I thought you said you made a decision for the Lord. I did. Well, what happened? I want to tell you what happened. So I want to talk to you tonight about how can you walk, how can you stand fast in the Lord? You say, well, I don't need to know this. You know someone who does. And we need to help. We need to not just, listen, it's got to be more than just about us. We got to be willing to help everybody else. And so here's, here's, what, here's some things. How can we stand fast in the Lord? Here's the first one. You stand fast by faith. First Corinthians 16, watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong, let all you do be done with love. Stand fast in the faith. How did you, how did you come into a relationship with the Lord? It was by faith, wasn't it? You heard about Jesus, 
You, maybe you grew up hearing about it. Maybe, maybe someone just shared it with you, but you heard about Jesus and you made a decision. I believe that Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe God raised him from the dead. He's alive and he's the Lord. He's the Lord forevermore. He's my Lord. And so you received him. Most, most of us have never seen, I have never seen Jesus, never had a vision of Jesus. I simply believe the gospel message that he is real, that God is real, that he came, that he was the price for my sins. And the fact that he took the price for my sins means I don't have to take it. I'm declared not guilty. I am so grateful for what Jesus has done. That's how I got saved. Now listen, listen. And that's how you got saved. It was by faith. But that's also how we continue this walk. It's still going to be by faith. You don't want to stand fast in your feelings because your feelings are subject to change. You don't have to raise your hands, but I do know this. There are sometimes you feel like you are on top of your Christian game. You're like, I got it. I got this. Where is the devil? Then there are times that you, that you feel, you feel like God left town and never let you know where he was going. Hear people say things, I just feel like my prayers are hitting the ceiling. You ever heard people say anything? You do know that's not theologically accurate. Ceiling material has no ability to stop prayers. But people talk about feelings all the time. I, I feel this way. You do not want to stand fast in your feelings. When I came back from, from college, my, my friend told me, he said, you were a little different when you came back. Why? Because I'm still, I'm teetering. I'm teetering. I'm saved. Guys, I'm saved. Listen, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. I'm talking about continuing your relationship with the Lord, that it's a living, connected relationship with him. That it's not just a religion or a philosophy. It's a relationship with him. We stand by faith. Number two, keep hearing and keep focused. Hebrews 2, 1. Now I'm talking to Wednesday nighters, so this, you're like, yeah, that's me. <coughs> Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Now here, here guys, here, here's, here's the key. I don't very few people wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm just going to backslide like crazy. <laughs> you know, I've been living for the Lord, but I'm tired of it, and I'm just I'm going to go another direction. I don't believe it happens for most people that way. You know what happens to most people? They drift. You ever been to the beach, and you go in, and your towel is like right here, and you go in, and, and, all, and you come out, and, and, and you're like, how in the world did I get way over here? And my towels, I mean, you, you ever, ever? Please tell me you have been to the beach. <laughs> and, but what happened is that, that there's, an, there's a, a, a current. It'll pull you. And, and I'm not talking about a riptide. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about there's a current. And all of a sudden you can wind up way down here when, you, when your stuff is way over there. Right? You drifted. You just, you drift. Listen, you realize that there is a pull on us spiritually. There is a pull. And if you think it's a pull pushing you towards the Lord, you're kidding yourself. Listen, you, 
How many of you know you just hang around the wrong people for a long enough time and you can just lose all kinds of sensitivity? This is what, I know what I'm talking about here, guys. This is where, this is where I drifted. And, and I stopped. I didn't have a, I, oh, I did not have a church home. And I had no private devotion time at all. None. So there's another verse in here. I want you to see this in Proverbs. Cease listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. You know, I, I want to commend you. You came on a Wednesday night. You're watching online Wednesday night. Good for you. You say, well, Alan, you know, this Wednesday night, I like last Wednesday night better. This one. No, here, here's the principle. You're hearing words of knowledge. You're putting yourself where you're honoring God and saying, God, I'm going to hear your word. I'm hearing what you're saying. Do you realize, you may not realize this, but this helps you keep from drifting. It helps you stay stronger. This is why we need one another. This is why we need, this is why you need some church friends. And this is why you need church. You ever walked in church and felt like, I'm the only Christian in the entire world. And then you walk in and go, no, thank God there are other people that believe like I do. I work with people who are crazy. But I come in here and I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. I, I've come in sometimes and just worship, not when I've been pastoring. I don't, I don't work with crazy people. I work with a good staff. But I can remember coming in just sometimes after a week and just worshiping and feeling like I'm getting a bath. I'm just, I'm getting cleansed because there's a pull and there's a current and there's, there's junk out there in the world. We need something that's counterintuitive, that counter culture. And so when you, when we come, what it does is it may, you may not walk out of here going, that's the best message I ever heard, but you heard something and you honored God and you stayed on track instead of drifting. This is why when people look and you go, I go, hey man, where are you in church? And they go, well, you know, I'm, I'm not. They're not. And so I'm telling them, get, either come back or get in a good one. People are like, well, you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, you know, we got busy. Everyone's busy. Everybody's busy. It's an excuse. You will do what you set as a priority. I'm talking to people who came on Wednesday night. You could be doing something else. You could be home chilling. You could be home just doing nothing profitable. But you could be home. And you're here. And it helps you keep from drifting. We do it by faith. We've got to keep hearing and keep focused. Now here's my next one. Looks like I'm going to have to jump into this one next week. Don't allow anything or anybody to move you away from the Lord. Colossians 1.23 If indeed you continue in the faith, in the faith, there it goes back again to our faith, grounded and steadfast and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard which was preached to every creature under heaven which I, Paul, became a minister. Grounded, steadfast, and not moved away. Say, so, Alan, what, what moves people away? A lot of times, problems move people away. People go through difficult times. They go through, they don't understand, or they, they, get, they get upset, or they get offended, or they get mad at God, and they move away. And I'll tell you another one that moves people away. 
it's not just when things aren't going right, it's when people don't do right. You come to church and someone says something to you or someone didn't meet your expectations. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I lived there. I didn't do, I, I looked at a lady one time and she swore that I looked at her mean. <laughs> I, I don't remember looking at her. Like, I, like I've said before, I'm not trying to be crude, but she could have passed my face when I was dealing with gastronomic problems. <laughs> when my stomach went, and I just... <laughs> if I look at you like that, you're like, mm, Alan's, Alan's dealing with stomach problems again. I'm... <laughs> don't bring me gas X. Just, just don't get offended. Just, 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 stay, just stay good. But how many times do people get offended at church? And that's a big thing now. You hear people say, well, you know, I've, I've gotten offended and church hurt me. <laughs> Welcome to church. <laughs> and you know why church hurts you? <laughs> because there's people in it. And, and <laughs> I want to find the perfect church. Well, do not go there because you will mess it up. There is no perfect church. There is no perfect family. There, there are good. There are good churches. This is a good one. Not a perfect one. It's a good one. So, well, that's arrogant. <laughs> that's truthful. Jesus said, you know, a tree by its fruit. We baptized 155 people last couple of weeks ago. There's good fruit there. People come here from all walks of life. Someone told me one time, Alan, you're, there are prostitutes that come to your church. I'm like, glory to God. That is so good. I had a lady stop said one time. She said, she said, Pastor Allen, Pastor Allen. I said, what? She said, there are cigarette butts all over the parking lot. I went, glory to God. Isn't that good? She looked at me like I'd slapped her. I said, no, no, no. We want people to come. We don't have to, you don't have to be perfect to come. I, I had two guys, where this happened. I had two guys when I used to stand and shake hands and they walked past me. They smelled like a reefer factory and they walked past and they're like, dude, man, we came to church. We enjoyed it so much, man. I'm like, I'm like, come back. Great. Straight, but come back. It's okay. Listen. There are no perfect churches. Listen, when you, just when you think, well, someone offended me, somebody did something, don't let anybody move you away from the gospel. If this church has hurt you, well, then it's hurt you, and I'm sorry we don't ever intend to hurt anybody. Our heart is that you would stand fast in the Lord, but don't get offended and leave and just get out of church and blame the church and point at the church. That's ridiculous. You don't want to move away from the only one who can do, who, who's has got your eternity in his hands, and you don't want to move away from the one who loves you more than anybody else. Amen. Stay with him. Don't let offense move you. And you say, well, you know, listen, people are going to be people. Joe and I used to laugh at Lakewood. We, <laughs> we, we had so many opportunities to be offended. We just got over it. Here's the last one. Have people in your life who encourage you. Hebrews 3, we'll read this and then we'll close. 
Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Stop right there. There's a real trendy thing now going on called deconstructing your faith. Don't do it. He was like, well, I'm deconstructing my faith. The Bible calls that an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Don't do it. It may, it may trend well social media wise, but you don't know what's going to happen five, ten years down the road. Don't do it. But exhort one another daily. Why it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. We become partakers of Christ, including his peace, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Winds are blowing, but we're, we're not changing. We're standing firm. But we need people in our life, and this is, where, this is where you guys come in. We need people who can encourage one another. Encourage one another to keep living for God. And keep living for God. Hey, I hadn't seen you in church lately. Where you been? Oh, man, we've been going through. Hey, hey, listen. Listen, God can help you come back. If any of you know people that are out, call them. Text them. Especially if you know they're out of church. If they're going to another church, leave them alone. But if they're out of church, call them. Text them. Say, hey, we miss you. Come back. What are you doing? You're exhorting them. Encouraging them. This is what we do for one another. And also that we do this so you don't get hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Quick story. I had a good friend when, when I first came back to the Lord years ago. This, this is, you know, I, I mentioned I didn't stand fast, but for 41 years I have. And so I know you can. But I had a friend named Eddie. Eddie, you might remember Billy D. Williams, the actor. Eddie made Billy D. Williams look like second rate. Big, broad shoulders, dimples, just way too handsome. <laughs> Eddie walked in and the music stopped. I walked in behind him. <laughs> but Eddie and I were friends. And I remember we got together one night and we were sitting at a Denny's. And um, he looked at me, he said, man, he was, he was new to the Lord and I was new to the Lord. He's like, man, this is, this is a little tough. That's what you mean. He said, he said, I used to be able to walk into a bar. He said, I never walked out alone. I'm thinking, beats my record. <laughs> but Eddie wasn't joking. And I remember we looked at one another, and I said, yeah. But Eddie, we, we, we can do this. We can live this life. And we sat there and encouraged one another, two single guys, two guys in their 20s, two guys who were former partiers, and we encouraged one another in the Lord. You can do this. We can do this. I, I married a, a wonderful woman named Joy. He married a, a beautiful lady. I saw him a couple of years ago. He's still living for the Lord. We need people who can encourage one another. <laughs> Lest you get hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Lest you give in to that and then you get hard. When you get hard, you're hard to, to reach. Stand fast. Say, so what's this got to do with peace? Everything. Everything. Bow your head for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for those who are here, those who are watching online. So many who love you, who care. Father, I pray that you would help them, encourage them, strengthen them, that they would be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Father, that they would stand fast in their faith. And Father, their faith would be encouraged. 
and they would leave here with a purpose of heart, they're going to walk with you. Thank you for that. Thank you for those watching online. Thank you for what you can do in their hearts and lives as they purpose to come close to you. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I know that and he knows that. Or maybe you're saying, I used to and I've gotten away. I've drifted way too far, but I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. If you're watching online, this prayer is for you as well. But if that's you that I am talking to, I am going to ask you to do one thing. If that is you and you say, Alan, I, I, I want to come back or I want to come to the Lord for the very first time, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just quickly across this auditorium? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Anybody else? Thank you. Appreciate that. Great. You can put your hand down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and you wanted to, you can still be a part of this prayer. If you're watching online, you're by yourself. Pray this prayer um, out loud. If you're with others, you can pray it quietly. We're going to pray it with you here as a church family. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord as my Savior, is the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer online in here. I thank you, Father, for a simple prayer that absolutely changes everything. Thank you for what you're doing in them and through them Thank you that they can stand fast in you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.